I don't remember who won the race. I reckon most of the 65,000 people in the crowd remembers Derek Redmond more than the person who won the race. And uh, just that theme of perseverance. Contrast that to Jerry Wolfsman, who was an inmate in Norwich Prison, who managed to escape. Just two hours later, he knocked on the gate and asked to be let in. He said he was cold and wet, and he'd torn his trousers in an embarrassing place. (laughs) Commitment. Perseverance. Turn in your Bibles to Luke, uh, Luke 11. I'm going to be reading from Luke 11 and Luke 18 as Jesus teaches his disciples on prayer, but also on persevering in prayer. So Luke 11 and verse 1 to 13. Um, it should come on the screen as well. Where is it on there? Okay. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. And then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend. And he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children are in bed with me. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you fathers... If your son asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And then in chapter 18, Jesus tells a parable Verse 1 of chapter 18. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice 
for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Let's just pray. Lord, we ask for your revelation. We thank you for your word. It is a light to our feet. It is a light to our path. It is a light in our lives. And we pray that together as we just spend this time looking at these passages, and what you teach, that you will teach us afresh not to give up. In Jesus' name, amen. We're praying for revival as a church. And we're not going to give up. We're going to keep on and keep on and keep on. John Milton, who when I was at school uh, studying English literature, I know you're amazed that I did such a thing. Um, I, I never understood him, really. And uh, he's, I came across this quote of him. And if by prayer incessant I could hope to change the will of him who all things can, I would not cease to weary him with my assiduous cries. And then it just reminded me why I didn't understand him at school. But basically what he's saying is if I persist in prayer and by persisting I could change the heart of God who can do anything he wants, I wouldn't give up praying. That's how I read it. And the encouragement of Jesus in these passages is not to give up praying. Jesus says, ask and it will be given you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks knocks, and to him who knocks the door will be opened. I think the problem with me is that I want things instantly. I want the answers here and now. I want them before I finish my prayer. Jesus tells a story to illustrate boldness and persistence. And the story that he tells would have had his first century audience in giggles. They would have been laughing, rolling about as he told this story. Because he tells a story about a village and some neighbors in the village. And he says, a man opens his door late at night to an unexpected guest. Now, they were not totally out of the ordinary because in a desert climate, people would often travel after sunset to avoid the heat of the day. Anyway. He arrives late at night at his friend's house. And his friend knows that he has to offer him hospitality, a bed for the night, and food. And he, and he goes to his fridge, and there's nothing in the fridge. And he, and he kind of thinks, what am I going to do? Well, you go to your neighbors. Those of you who have gone to Israel with our pilgrimages uh, over the years will know this. That we leave Heathrow very early in the morning... And we travel all day and we get to the Golden Walls Hotel in Jerusalem, looking over the walls of Jerusalem about 11 o'clock at night. And we're all shattered and all we want is a shower and a bed because we're English. And what do they do? They welcome us. All the staff are there. They welcome us. They give us flowers and they say, come and eat. Come and eat into the restaurant. There's food laid out. 11 o'clock at night. We're British. 
And we all sit down and we look at the food. I want my bed. I want a shower. It is rude not to offer hospitality in the Middle East. Whatever time you arrive, even if you arrive at midnight or beyond, there will be food. And we always tell people, you just, don't matter, just eat it. Just have some of it, because it would be rude not to. And so we eat that meal, gone 11 o'clock at night. In those places, in Middle East villages, villages would often borrow from one another as well in emergencies. Ken Bailey, who's a missionary in Lebanon, recalls being invited for a meal in his village. And when he arrived, he realized that he was eating off his own plates. Because the couple had asked his wife to borrow the plates just a few days before. It's just normal practice. Normal practice. However, in Jesus' story, the neighbor is in a grump. He's in a mood. And he stubbornly refuses to grant the request. I'm already in bed and the kids are in bed with me. We're all tucked up and they're probably in the one room. And the door's bolted shut for the night. And he says, don't bother me. Don't bother me. You see, when Jesus told this story, everyone would have gone, no, that's outrageous. How can he do that? You tell it to an English congregation, they'll go, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Fancy him coming around at midnight. I don't know, what's he on? Come back in the morning. Go to the 7-Eleven. They wouldn't, have, they wouldn't have heard it like that. They'd have gone, that's terrible. Word would have gone around the village. Oh, Grumpy's at it again. <laughs> Didn't give him any bread. Shock. It was. It would have been outrageous. Maybe they would have just laughed. That would never happen. It's <laughs> lame excuse. They're in bed. Can you imagine such a neighbor? No one would ever be that rude. Or maybe he knocked timidly. I've done that. Have you ever done that? It's late at night. They, 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 they'd be up. He just knocked timidly. This guy didn't knock timidly. He knocked loudly, boldly, persistently. Get up. Get up. I've got friends. I've got anything. Give me bread. Shameless he was in his persistence. And Jesus says, yeah, because, not because he's his friend. Isn't that interesting? He won't get up because he's his friend. He'll get up because of the boldness and the persistence. Nick Cuthbert, uh, we were away for a few days, some of us. Nick Cuthbert, who's a, a minister in Birmingham, told us this story of a guy who had invited his friend to church. He invited his friend at work to ch- church. Would you come to church? The friend said, no. And he invited him, would you come to church with me? No. He kept inviting, would you come to church? No. And the man gets so fed up, he said, I'll tell you what. If I come just once with you to church, will you stop inviting me to church? The guy said, okay. He came with him to church. He got saved. And Nick was telling that he went to his church in, in Birmingham. This guy was giving his testimony. I'm only here because someone asked me and asked me and asked me. Persistently asking. 
I sometimes just give up asking. Jesus says, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Have we given up asking for the Holy Spirit? More. Every day, more of the Holy Spirit. More of you, Spirit, in my life. Ask, seek, knock. This passage is in the context of Jesus' teaching on prayer. The disciples' prayer. Sometimes we call it the Lord's Prayer. How much more will your Father in heaven respond to our bold persistence in prayer? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your name be honored. Some of us have given up praying because we don't know what to pray anymore. Jesus gives us a model prayer. Your name be honored. Father, your name be honored. Your name be glorified. Even if we spent our days in prayer just saying, God, you be honored. Let the name of Jesus be honored in our nation. Let the Jesus, name of Jesus be honored in our workplace, in our homes, in our schools and colleges. Where actually the name of Jesus is trodden on so often. We want to be those who are saying, let's honor the name of Jesus wherever we are. Your kingdom come, your will be done. We don't want to be a people who make a name for ourselves. We want to make a name for Jesus. I I have met people who want to make a name for themselves. I've even been to churches where they want to make a name for themselves. We want to make a name for Jesus. That's what we're about. To give all the glory and all the honor to Jesus. And our prayers are effective. Jesus tells us they are. Our prayers can push back the darkness. Our prayers can release the kingdom of God. God is not asleep. You know when Benedict was giving Pope Benedict saying... It felt at times that God was asleep, that he was sleeping. And there are times when we would feel like that. We feel that God is asleep. He is not. He tells us in his word. He neither slumbers nor sleep. He watches you over, over your life, day and night, day and night. He doesn't slumber or sleep. So in the vision that we have for praying for revival, we want to keep on keeping on. Just a few chapters later, Jesus repeats this encouragement with another story, another parable. The widow and the unjust judge. She's an unlikely heroine. But he tells the story in order that we should always pray and never give up. The widow is a weak person in that society. No husband, no support. No social services to gather around her. She is in a vulnerable position. There's no one to advocate for her. And here in the story, Jesus tells us that there is an unjust judge. That should never have been the case. In Jewish law, there should have been a judge for her. There should have been a judge for the prosecution and for the defense. And then a a sort of neutral judge and together. But no, here there's just one judge. It had fallen to corruption. The legal system. And here she comes before an unjust judge who neither feared God or cared about men. Isn't that an amazing thing to 
to say of you, yourself. In this parable, he says it of himself. I neither fear God or care about men. What an awful thing to say. Yet there are times when I believe that we're living in a society that doesn't fear God or care about men and women. And as Vanessa was telling us to be salt and light, as Jesus says, we are in the midst of that. Yet, he says in this story, because the widow persisted, even the unjust judge gives in. And he says, I will see that she gets justice because she keeps on bothering me. God is not an unjust judge. He is a loving father. He loves us and delights to hear our cries. In our prayers, in our prayers for revival as a church, in our prayers for our daily lives, we may feel alone, powerless, tempted to give up. But Jesus here just encourages us to persevere. Persevere. Come with boldness. Come again and again and again. Because the opposite of true, we have an advocate and direct access to a loving God who has nothing in common with an unjust judge or a grumpy neighbor. Jesus assures us of the Father's mercy. The sting in the tail of Jesus' parable is that, however, will the Son of Man find faith on the earth when he comes? Jesus is coming back. Not to bring salvation. He came the first time to die for us, to die for the world. When he comes back again, he's going to come and gather his own. Will he find faith on the earth? One day justice will be done. When Jesus appears, he will appear in power and glory and in all his majesty. We will see him as he is. And he promises that as he returns, he will turn the tables on this violent planet, righting every wrong, resisting, restoring the world to the way it should be, making it new. A world without unjust judges, without corruption, without neglected widows or children, without poverty or pain or sickness or death. And until that day comes... We pray your name be honored. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And some will believe. We've seen it. We've seen it. In 17 years, we've had the privilege of baptizing since, since I came to the church. On Sunday, it'll be our 200th baptism in 17 years. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that marvelous? Is it enough? No. We want to see more people saved. We want to see more life transformed. Because we know Jesus can. Because he's done it for us. Will we persist in our prayer? Some do and will actively work against the gospel of Jesus. The culture in which we live. 
Not that we live in a persecuted society, but we live in a society that is skeptical, suspicious, hardened against the gospel, even anti the gospel. In certain places, there is an anti-Christ. All else can go, yeah, yes to everything else, but not Jesus. Spiritual warfare. But we are those who seek his coming, who persevere. And all through the church history, we have those who have persevered. Imagine if Wilberforce, the first time he brought his bill, seeking the abolition of slavery, when it got chucked out of Parliament, said, oh, well, that's no good, is it? I'll give up. He brought the same bill again and again and again and again and again until Parliament recognized that slavery was wrong. Didn't give up. called to persevere. And something in me sometimes was saying, why does God want us to persevere? Why doesn't he just say yes? Straight away. All this persevering lark. When I was a child, I wanted a bike. I asked my dad for a bike. Can I have a bike, dad? He said, no. And do you know what I did? I went back and said, oh, that's fine, Dad. I really respect you, and uh, I think, you know, your authority is unquestioned in our home, and so I won't have a bike. <laughs> Not on your life. Dad, I want a bike. I need a bike. Everyone else has got a bike. They've got better bikes than I want a bike. I want a bike now. Please, can I have a bike? Can I have a bike? Can I have a bike? No. Dad, can I have a bike? I want a bike. I want a bike. The guy up the road is selling a bike. It's a really good bike. Come and see this bike he's selling. It was a rubbish bike. But I was desperate for a bike. I want a bike. He's selling a bike. It's really cheap. Dad came and looked at the bike. He said, it's a rubbish bike. You don't want that bike. But I want a bike. I want a bike. I'll give you half. If you earn the other half, you can have a bike. You know what? I earned the other half. I got a bike. And it was a good bike. Brilliant. Get the message? Perseverance. Jesus tells his story. If, if your son asks, you know, if you ask your son or daughter, what do they want for tea? And they say sausages. You say, oh yeah, sausages. They want something, we'll give them a snake. <laughs> no, we wouldn't. Because we love them. And they're sausages. But there is something about persevering that means we mean it. We mean this. Oh, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow him for a week. And if it works, I'll stick with it. But if it doesn't, I won't. I've actually met people like that. I'll give it a go. For a week. No, no. Follow Jesus for life. It's for everything. Jesus only means that to you. You don't know who he is. He's the Lord of all, the King of glory. He gave his life for you. Persistence. And sometimes we have to persist because the evil is just in too deep. Remember that story when the disciples couldn't drive out a demon out of a boy? And the father came to Jesus and said, your disciples can't drive them out. And Jesus said the word and the demon went. 
and the disciples came to Jesus and said, why couldn't we do it? And Jesus said, this comes out with prayer and fasting. Sometimes we think, we just want it so easy. Sometimes it's in too deep. Sometimes the darkness is so deep, we have to dig it out. Sometimes evil is so entrenched, we have to pray and fast over it, to release it. We're praying for revival. Do you think the enemy's just going to say, oh yeah, the, the Christians are praying for revival, let's give up, let's pack off and go somewhere else? <laughs> Without a fight? This is a fight. Spiritual fight. For the hearts and souls of men and women and children, do you think it's going to be easy? We need to persist. And persist. Sometimes the evil is in too deep. Sometimes you have to persist in asking for years and years and years because there's a breaking down process of the stubbornness and the hardness of heart. My heart was hardened. I was brought up in the Christian faith. I hardened my heart to Jesus. We have to get God in the mix. Cry out to get Jesus in the mix. As we pray for revival, we recognize the need. Our land needs to be healed. I don't have to go through. I had loads of statistics to tell you how bad things were. I don't need to have to tell you how bad things are. Unless we're blind. But let's not grow weary. But let's persist and persevere and not give up. Jesus calls us to persist. Persistence means we're serious about this. He seems to hold persistence in high honor. Whether it's the Canaanite woman who comes to him persisting and he says, that's amazing faith. The woman he meets in Samaria by a well. She persists. And finds her life transformed. He meets a rich young man on the way to Jerusalem who gives up too early and turns away. Should have persisted. Often when Jesus tells parables, he wants people to persist. Tease it out. Know what I'm saying. Come follow me. God sees our persistence as a sign for genuine desire for change. Karl Barth's quote, which I used a few weeks ago, which I keep coming back to. To clasp our hands in prayer is the beginning of an uprising against the disorder in the world. Every time we pray, your kingdom come. We're taking on the disorder in the world. In the name of Jesus. When our prayers are not ineffective, we may not always see immediately the results because we don't see the battle sometimes that we're in but be assured that our prayers in the name of Jesus can push back the darkness release the kingdom of God so let's be those who keep on persisting in prayer keep knocking and seeking and asking that his kingdom may come. Amen.
Let's pray together. Father God, we come to you and we just want to make a pledge to you that we will not give up seeking. And maybe even in this room this morning, there are those who have tried seeking you, but it didn't work and given up. I pray that you would just come again with your invitation. Follow me. Do life with me. If you're here this morning and you, you're not yet a Christian or, or you gave it a go and gave up, I, I just appeal to you in the name of Jesus to surrender to him who loves you, gave his life for you. You don't have to earn his love. You don't have to do anything but just receive his salvation. When you do that today, just in your own heart, would you say yes to Jesus? I believe in you. I'm going to follow you. Not just through this life, but into eternity. Would you do that today? Maybe for those of us who have followed you, Jesus, for a while, and we've been through the ups and downs and the ebbs and the flows of intimacy with you and then distance from you, and then help us to keep on. Give us the strength to keep on persisting, not give up, not grow weary, not get disillusioned. It's not the end yet. God isn't finished yet. Because when the end comes, it will be glorious. In a new heaven and a new earth, it will be glorious. So as a church, we commit ourselves to this vision that you've given us. And part of it is just to keep seeking, keep praying. That your kingdom may come. Please encourage our hearts. Help us take your word into our hearts this week. And let it feed our souls. In Jesus' name.